1: Support Wrestle Talk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am
2: Ollie Dobrush. I've to into a weird voice there because I had something in my throat. And I'm joined by Lou Cohen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? Uh, I'm not so good. At no, that. I know you're not, are you, mate? I hated,
1: hated this episode of RAW. I'm not really in a good mood after an awful Survivor series. What a high I was on from what I think was uh, one of the best WWE shows of all time, with NXT takeover war games. And now, just two days later, WWE has slowly and methodically chipped away All my goodwill towards them with their main roster Crap And I'm just... It's gonna be a rough six weeks I keep bringing this up in the review Uh, This was a bad, bad, bad show But more worryingly, it sets up even worse stuff More boring storylines for the rest of the year So that's my job Like, that's my job for the next six weeks is watching embarrassing, crap, patronizing
2: WWE stuff. God, you're so negative. (coughs) I know, Mike. So negative. I uh, did like bronze selling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> On that, uh, this uh, comes in from Sem, who's one of our regular emailers. I said, hello again, guys. In the last six months, I've tried to find which wrestling company suit me best. After Crown Jewel, I've decided it's definitely not WWE. <laughs> Thankfully, you guys introduced me to a non-WWE wrestling world. I found NXT is my favorite wrestling show just because of the balance of in-ring action and promos, video packages, and whatnot. ROH is another show that I yeah. really enjoy watching weekly, but I think it's the rest. I think the wrestlers could use more mic time. I do find NGOs. NGW, NJPW entertaining, but sometimes the matches get a little boring, in my opinion. I think the fact that ROH and NXT are short and sweet to make them easier watching and more entertaining. So I just wanted to say cheers for introducing me to new shows, apart from WWE. Thank you for being so consistently entertaining. Your fan, Sem.
1: I don't think we've introduced anyone to WWE. I think that's how they find us and then they spur off. It's, it's interesting that, because New Japan is, I think, the peak of this art form. Mm-hmm. But ROH and NXT are... An excellent crossbreed of the pomp and spectacle of WWE and the really good in-ring product and and solid angles of New Japan. Yes, like they yeah, both ROH. ROH, you know, is it's a shame about ROH because I love it. Mm-hmm. That was like my first proper indie that I got into. Yeah, as as a as a post T in a post TNA world in my head. Mm-hmm. So twenty twenty ten twenty eleven. So I hold a special place in my heart, but. Yeah, they're just, they just they 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 just can't sh-
2: like get hot at the moment. I feel like they're not hot. Well, not only that, but like most of their talent are on the way out. Do you mm. see the report that um, Silas Young <coughs> is looking to be joining NXT yeah. come January? Uh, Shane Strickland is also on Saw his way that, out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Cody has said that um, uh, the p- December pay per view is going to be his last show. The Bucks are not going to be doing shows with him anymore as well. Just losing a lot of their. They're, they're guys, really. And you think wherever Cody and the Young Bucks go, uh, Hangman Page follows
1: right away. Uh, along with Marty. And Marty eventually, because his contract is slightly out of sync
2: with them. So, yeah. Oh, you've lo- God, I feel down on everything today. And you look out into that Ring of Honor crowd on their weekly TV show, and you see the amount of Bullet Club t-shirts <laughs> that are in the crowd, and you've got to yeah. think, are those fans going to stick around as well? Well, maybe they'll have Talk t-shirts.
1: The plan is to launch the merch shop tomorrow. Exciting Which uh, Which Features pictures of us Yeah I got an email through From the people doing it And they were like So if you could just send A few shots of your models Wearing the t-shirts And I think they're used to Talking with Better people than us Yeah Good looking people Yeah I was like Models (laughs) Or you 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 could wear the t-shirts Okay So yeah uh, We had to Strip
2: down Mm -hmm. and take some photos of T-shirts. It was a sexy, sexy little show we did yesterday. Yeah, for just us. Just us. Well, that and the people in the offices either side of us with all of our glass windows. Yes. Yes. They
1: saw it too.
2: Um, How was your weekend uh, apart from the wrestling?
1: Well, yeah, it it was just all wrestling, really. I played a lot of Red Dead Redemption on uh, Saturday because my lady partner was out getting drunk at karaoke and sending me... Interpretations of songs I won't call them performances Because mm-hmm. there's just too much shouting And I'm baffled by how out of time Four people can be y- You of all, all pe- you are four hey, people Hey I'm, I'm on time
2: <laughs> Give me a beat I, I saw the Nia Jax Singing that you did That's that's difficult because Pre, Pre-editing got, Because you've
1: got a You, you, you can't hear the soundtrack you just kind of...
2: No, you could just count the beats in your head. Not that good. So anyway, so you played some Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. And because I
1: was left alone for too long, I just spent three hours researching something called spaced repetition. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most Ollie yeah, Davis thing yeah, I've yeah, ever heard. It always happens. And afterwards I was like, well, that was cool, but that was three hours. Yeah. And I just got sucked into just the hole. The blinkers went up and I was like, I'll try this app. As I'll try this
2: app. I'll just reorganize all these things. So... I was talking to Laurie Blake about this the other day. We were talking about that he's not very good at working from home, and I, I I like to think I'm quite disciplined when I used to work from home. I don't work from home anymore, but I used to be I used to be very disciplined when I did it. I would do I would make sure I got work done, and then by doing work, you would then get a reward at mm. the end of it. Like I'll oh, I'll watch that YouTube video, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. Watch that porn. Exactly, yeah. you know. But you've got to have the you've got to have the base there before you can get to the reward. Whereas Laurie would tell me it's just like. I'd think about doing work, and then i just thought, oh, i have got to quickly watch that YouTube video. No, unfortunately, that YouTube video is two hours long. <laughs> now it's recommended to be another one, so I think we're going to watch that first. And he loves his video games, does Laurie? He certainly does, yeah. I don't think having a Switch is good for him and his um, his productivity. <laughs> um, I've got this email here from uh, Prince. Oh, how was your weekend, though? <clears throat> uh, oh, my weekend was fine. Saturday was a uh, big old DIY day, lots of drilling. Um, finish line is within sight um and it's like so this coming saturday is like our final day to to get stuff done because we're entertaining got friends coming over for dinner on the sunday and then the week after that is my birthday which everyone's invited to well absolutely yes if you can find where (coughs) i live um that's a joke by the Uh way don't don't research that um yeah so i've I've got to start thinking now i've got to sort out my costume Mm. and we need to sort out all the decorations we're going to do for the house remind everyone what the theme is stranger things it is birthday things 33 uh this year so i'm really looking forward to it. i've got my costume planned out i know what i'm going to do i just need to i just need to actually just knuckle down and and get it sorted Uh, i texted a friend of mine um who has he watched stranger things and he very much enjoyed it but he was like i just couldn't think of a character to go as. Like I couldn't I was never inspired by any of the characters to to really go. And he's a, a bald man with a beard. Not like uh not like Laurie's beard, but he's just got like you know he's got a beard and he's got a shaved head. And I was like I could me and my wife are re-watching Stranger Things for the third or fourth time now. And I just text him, I was like, Your goes Benny the Burger guy. Benny the unassuming uh, yes, burger guy from from episode two. And he just <laughs> takes me back going like that is exactly the sort of costume I was looking for. So yeah, so we're very and the niche of the costume, the better for me. Uh,
1: well, me and uh, me and my lady partner have a joint
2: costume. <gasps>
1: How exciting! Mm. And I think it's brilliantly unique. and I came up with it, but I'm also concerned that when we get there, half of everyone else is going to do it because I th- I'll be surprised if anyone goes as eleven or barb because mm-hmm. those are like you know you want you want to impress everyone with the mo either the most ridiculously in-depth costume or the nichest
2: costume mm. well that crowd so my friend chris the one who texts me Don't about come off as basic <laughs> who texts me about that there was no characters that were inspiring his wife to be did point out to me she was like was well, very difficult for for us ladies to find costumes because really there are only three female characters in the whole show or mm. well, four i suppose if you count mad max in season two uh, f- and five if you include Mike's, uh, Mike and Nancy's mum. What about the Chicago gang? The West Coast Avengers? Well, oh, that's what I said, yeah. The West Coast Avengers, there was all those. There's, um, uh, uh I've forgotten her name now. Um, Spock's mum. Spock's, no, um, oh, your, your lady from Edward Scissorhands. Yes. Winona Ryder, yes. Yeah, Spock's, uh, mum. Spock's mum. Fair enough. Yes, that's right, it was Spock's <laughs> mum! <laughs> Do you know what? You said that. I instantly went through to like more recent Spock and I was no. like, what? What are you talking about? More recent What's Spock. More recent Spock. Then What's it, the more. Oh, what? And um, Discovery? No, I was, I, I was thinking more of um, like Star Trek Discovery. Not Discovery, uh, Beyond and uh, Into Darkness. Yes. Oh, what? So not the first new Star
1: That's the same universe, brother. Yes. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I am. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. So anyway, so that, that she said there's not a lot of female characters to choose from, but actually Gen- gender bent. I was like, well, that that was what I said. But also, there are loads of uh, costumes. There's loads of niche characters you could dive into. I was like, why didn't you go as like? Uh, there's there's plenty of characters. Yeah. But anyway, so that's my birthday's coming up. So we have got a lot of like DIY stuff to do. Ollie is giving me the signal that I've got to wrap this up, and I always say that because he gets annoyed when I do because he's like, stop telling people that I'm the one <laughs> who's rushing this through. Uh, but before I get out of here, um, we got it this. Is, what, what well, this this quick. Let me get through this. Uh, so this comes from Connor Curan, he's one of our pledge hammers. He's also the winner of the Prince Charles tickets. He said he was looking forward to seeing the show on Tuesday. We met the, him. We did. The other day you mentioned having your own David Star intro slash Twitter bio. So I made one for you. Mm. I took each line of his and tweaked it a little bit. Now this is just well, in jest to like a alo- four hours long. Now it's just in jest to go along with your quote, other one character, and I mean no harm in what I will say, but I will say <laughs> this, Connor. The first one is very much incorrect. Um, The sugar in your tea I don't have sugar in my tea I Uh haven't had sugar in my tea since 2006 Uh, So the sugar in your tea Your favourite person's least favourite person (laughs) The reading canon Or could be the reading canon The physical embodiment of it's fine. The Barney <laughs> Gumble of YouTube's professional wrestling scene. The third most entertaining man of YouTube's wrestling professional wrestling scene. Mr. Honey Runa Lukey WrestleTalk. The Two Minute Man. The Curtain Jerker. He's better than Ollie Davis at Twitter. The King of <laughs> Podcasts. The other one, Luke Cohen P.S. If it's too big to tweet you, uh, it was too big to tweet you, so I hope at least you get a mini chuckle out of this. Regards, Connor Curran. Thank you so much for your email. So we are going to get into the show now. Ollie Davis is very despondent uh, listening to this show, so please do give him... I mean, try and give him some bird. Don't tell him he's too negative uh, in, you know, when, when you're tweeting at him. He's not going to read it anyway. Mm. Here's the show. This was an infuriating episode.
1: I freaking hated it. I hated it. I said in my review, if this wasn't my job, I'm, I'm, I'm out for the rest of the year. I don't come back until second week of January for that Royal Rumble build. I hated it, and one of the main—there are many reasons. There are there are at least four huge reasons why I hated this show. But let's get into the first one. The night before Survivor Series, brief recap: Raw won every main card match. The tag team kickoff show is not continuity.
2: It, It was an error. Raw were supposed to win but there was a miscommunication and the booking team had SmackDown down to win. That wasn't what was meant to happen. It was meant to be raw. And that's why
1: they, apparently, why they ignored it for the rest of the show. They were just like, now we're just going to press ahead
2: and pretend that never happened. They had to say that it didn't count because the whole point was that Raw was meant to get a clean sweep across the whole night.
1: Yes, so you've got this storyline of Raw beating SmackDown in every single match. And the two caveats attached to this, at least for the men's elimination match, was if Baron, if Team Raw wins, Baron Corbin would become permanent Raw general manager. Stephanie said that Backstage earlier in the night. The other thing was if Team Raw won, Braun Strowman would not only get these hands on Baron Corbin, which is happening, he would also get a universal title shot against Brock Lesnar. Stephanie McMahon agreed to both of those things on the Raw Go Home show. I thought I might have misremembered or misheard. I went back and watched it. He says both of those things, and Stephanie goes, Done but you've got to win this Sunday. Now, I know that that's... And that hasn't what happened. So I know there's like... um, She's a heel, so she can change her mind. But that didn't... That wasn't explained. They just completely ignored it. So those two things that were at stake at
2: Survivor Series were just dropped in this opening segment. I think... Now, I might be misremembering this as well. I don't think that Stephanie said if we get a clean sweep, you will be the permanent GM. I think what she said was, if we get a clean sweep, we'll remove that black mark from your record, from what happened last Monday with the, the Becky Lynch-led invasion, and we'll have a talk about you being permanent GM. But I might be misremembering it. To be honest, that what, what she said was inconsequential, because even if she had said, yeah, you're going to be permanent GM, they essentially rewrote it for this week's Raw anyway.
1: Yeah, so it's it just makes Survivor Series completely pointless, and that like a pointless where you you buried SmackDown, so there was just it was, it was nothing. And okay, you're gonna you're gonna have Raw have a clean sweep. Okay, you've made that decision. At least have something interesting spinning off the back of it. This was such a waste. So the opening segment to di- get the disappointment gauge set right at zero. Baron Corbin comes out, he's gloating about the clean sweep, wasn't a clean sweep. And then he's like, here's the mastermind behind it, Stephanie McMahon. She comes down, she says, Smackdown didn't beat us once. (laughs) And then Baron goes, well, you know, now it's time to make me permanent, because we won. And she says, uh, well, Baron Corbin then interrupts, and Stephanie says- Braun Strowman interrupts. Oh, yeah, Braun Strowman interrupts. He didn't interrupt himself. And Stephanie says, Corbin will become permanent if you beat Braun Strowman at TLC. And Strowman's like, the match stipulation, that's the match
2: stipulation. Did he say it's going to be a TLC match? Well, he said, I also get to pick the stipulation. And then Stephanie, I think ad-libbed a line where she said, well, we're dealing with the lawyers on that one. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Because then he just announced it's going to be a TLC match. So either it is going to be a TLC match or Stephanie has to speak with lawyers. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't really care. About having lawyers and authority figure stuff. I I like it.
1: Like, this is good once in a while, but not when it's just completely smothering the show and the creative. So we've now got this... So Yeah, so Braun Strowman, even though he was effectively granted this Brock Lesnar match for the Universal title, if he won on Sunday, Stephanie's like, well, if you beat Baron Corbin, then you'll get a match against Brock Lesnar. Why wasn't Braun Strowman more angry about this? Why was it just completely dropped in the first place? I th- I've looked around. No one's talking about this one. I feel like an insane man ranting in a studio full of wrestling toys.
2: In all fairness, I almost. Action lo- figures. I also look at this and be like, the storyline leading in was that if if Braun won at Survivor Series, or if Braun helped their team win at Survivor Series, why... And by doing so, he then gets his hands on Baron Corbin. Why did Baron Corbin pick Braun Strowman to be on that team? Surely Baron doesn't want to have a match with Braun, but I suppose. But he still wants to win RAW. So, like, or win Survivor Series. We didn't have to pick Braun. Like they, to be honest they didn't really need him anyway they would have handily defeated them regardless because Smackdown are full of dum-dums but so that I mean that's its own little plot hole there I wasn't as annoyed at the Brock thing only because and this is what I think WWE were banking on I forgot that was a stipulation going into Survivor Series I forgot that was a stipulation leading into our Survivor Series predictions and that was just two days later And we're a whole seven days later. There's been 20 hours of WWE programming since then. Yes.
1: And NXT was good, at least. NXT
2: was great. Uh,
1: And so just then Baron's like, okay, well, I'm going to book. If I can do anything, I'm going to soften Braun up for TLC. I'm going to make Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley in a handicap match against you. And Stephanie's like... Well, um, I actually think it should be a six-man ta- six tag with you joining them and Braun Strowman joined by Elias and generic pop for Finn Balor. pin Balor. Fim Pim Balor. Yay. I'm like what is your character stop being on my tv i don't find you or your freaking brother interested anymore it's genuinely making me angry well here's
2: the thing as well like the whole thing of this the title of this video is like why survivor series doesn't matter finally i'm glad you're on the same page as me i've been saying this for bloody months now that this doesn't matter but regardless i'm so i'm thankful for that the other side of this is that the storyline for raw decimating smackdown isn't to fuel raw storylines it was to fuel smackdown storylines the report is that it's going to lead into that it's going to further the shane mcmahon heel turn slash the babyface Miz turn and they're then going to go off into their own little rivalry so smackdown losing three years in a row and being decimated by raw is for this over here but the problem with that and brian Alvarez has, has been pointing this out for a lot a lot of weeks now it's wwe's like desire to just get heat just get heat on everything and never get give the babyfaces anything back. So Raw decimating SmackDown was to generate heat. And then that heat will just be furthered into Shane McMahon heat that he'll generate over here. And then Raw just does absolutely nothing with the heat that they've generated. Because Michael Cole's saying there the whole show, It's a night of celebration. We beat SmackDown 6-0. There wasn't a single SmackDown win in sight. But it didn't lead to anything absolutely did not lead to diddly squat and like AOP beating the bar what did that lead to they bloody lost here what did Nia Jax get by being the sole survivor Nout. she just got a match with uh, Sasha Banks she'd have had that anyway because Raw's got a very small women's division it just was an absolutely pointless exercise I hate the Raw versus Smackdown nonsense we have to do every single year because 24 hours later, it's all just dropped. And no, and no one cares about brand loyalty anymore. There's no one in the promos going like, Raw's great, I'm so glad to be part of Raw. And it just infuriates me. I'm not as angry. I just thought this show more or less just washed over me. I'm assuming you gave this a a, a paw. Oh, a bore. Yeah, So the bottom. The bottom, that's, the that's bo- bottom, bottom right. is bore, yeah. Okay, I get them confused. Uh, they all sound so alike. <laughs>
1: that's, that's the point. That's the They're gag. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, it was just... It was just terrible. Uh, and it's it, it just... When things like this keep happening, I just ask myself, well, what's the point? What is the point of caring if WWE are just going to come back the next night and ignore the stuff that happened or ignore the stakes that they set up? And further to Alvarez's point about the heels winning, that was my problem with Survivor Series, really. There's only so much heel I can take. And it's been about two months now. And on this show, I was getting like, it's a... The heels largely stand tall. And I'm going through my review and I'm, I'm writing the bits. I'm like, oh, Lucha House Party won, Natalia won, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode won. They're all baby faces. but they all won in, like, three-minute matches. And they're all prelim. And they're all, like, undercarders that I don't have any emotional investment in. Your Seth Rollinses, your, you know, your Brawns, your Eliases, your Finn Balors. Just what's the point? Like,
2: I, the heel heat. I'm done with it now. And lose a house party getting their win in a three on two handicap match no psychologically less. psychologically problematic. Psychologically. Yeah. That came like an hour and a half into the show. Hmm. like it might even be later than that. So it, it we got like a a good chunk of the show dedicated to heat, getting that heat, getting the heat, and there with no repercussions. And the show ended with more heel heat,
1: yeah. and just to just to have this as kind of the underlaying note of depression from this, at least this part of Raw, is that our main event storyline for at least the next month is Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin with the Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley backup stuff, I guess, <laughs> and Stephanie McMahon just emasculating from above. That's
2: that's the main thing for the next month. I'm so glad that Drew has been once again relegated into like a supporting role for someone else to get over.
1: Like no one's been into this Baron Braun thing. Absolutely like, this, uh,
2: not. This should be
1: like th- Braun should have got his shot at Baron tonight. He what brought? But Corbin gets made permanent Raw General Manager. Braun comes out. Well, I get you know my hands on you now. Beats the cra- the living crap out of him. Corbin is like plays up the injured GM and. Braun can feud with Drew until a rumble match, I presume, with Lesnar.
2: Well, the report is as well that <clears> like so, Strowman was essentially written off at the end of this show. They uh, we'll we'll get into it when we do the full review, but they did like the sort of beatdown angle on Braun. The report is that Braun is legit injured and, oh. and he's going in for surgery um that's what i was just reading on uh, wrestletalk.com uh, oh, a fantastic a website. website it's a great website i mean this is uh, dave meltzer on wrestling observer radio it said that the uh, injury will be on a bone spur which is an extra piece of bone caused by inflammation oh, wow. um so he's and- got bone growing out of his bone yeah so that's apparently- a batman villain <laughs> Uh, And according to Google, uh, that sort of injury uh, recovery time is expected to be six weeks or three months. Mm. So that could rule him out of TLC and the Rumble, which is where he's got his two next scheduled matches. He's got Baron Corbin at TLC. And if he wins that, he gets Lesnar at the Rumble. So we could be without Raw's only top baby face uh, uh, on the brand. Again. Again.
1: Well, and I'll probably have to turn Drew face. And, mm. yeah, hey, it's, mate, it's, it's, it's... it's not an exciting proposition for the rest of 2018 on Monday night. Just do another turn, mate. We've done about twenty-five thousand this year already. What's one more gonna hurt? I don't know. Maybe you could have Strowman just never take a bump in the Corbin match. That's a way around it. That yeah. is
2: certainly a way around. Uh,
1: dig, dig, diggity, dig, diggity dog.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't
2: find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your
2: free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today.
0: Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon-perfect nails for just $2 a manicure.
1: Braun Strowman, Finn Balor and Elias Taking on Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley In an elimination match It turned out to be Which is about 6 hours long And 5 hours 45 of that Were everyone working over Finn Balor Because heel heat, heel heat,
2: heel heat, heel heat Yeah this was Finn Balor getting worked over a lot and then, shock of all shocks, he was the first eliminated uh, through a Drew McIntyre Claymore. Um, yeah, and then Elias was in, and then they just they worked on Elias for a while. Bobby Lashley speared him, and Elias got counted out. So it ended up being a three-on-one on Braun Strowman. But then, the match just stopped. Because the heels just started to beat up Braun, and then that was it. And
1: then they, the match just ended. Well, no, Braun, Braun started to come back, but Drew came in with a chair. And
2: very lightly dinked him with a R- chair. Yes. But that so, was a DQ, right? So Drew is eliminated by being DQ'd. Ah, like, the match isn't over. That's there's, correct. There's two more people. It's elimination. That's very correct. I was just like, why is the match just stopped? Because <laughs> the like, they even did the oh, ding, 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 ding that, that match is over. And I was like, why? There's more <laughs> eliminations to be had yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. So, um, but after all
2: of that heel heat, and
1: I, d- I thought this match was boring. It was boring,
2: it was, and it went on for ages. It was like the first 45 minutes, like 40, 50 minutes of this show. It was the, f- the first hour, including this show, commercial breaks. With this, this. Like, the opening promo and this match did make up the first third of the show, and it was boring, so boring. The beatdown afterwards. Was boring as well.
1: Yeah, so all three of them uh, beat down Braun Strowman. I will the go new, to the new Dogs of War. Yeah, they even did the roar oh, at the I top know. of the ramp to mock Braun. Oh. But I was like, "That's what you all did when you were teaming with Braun, and you look stupid when you did it." Then, uh, but I will go to bat here for Braun Strowman's selling yes. of this. Uh, the the big spot was they put Braun's arm in the steel steps, like resting on the. On one of the steps, and they got the top part of the steel steps, and Baron threw it down so safe, mm-hmm. I presume, because uh, that like all the ruts. brunt is taken yeah. by the corners of the steps, and your arm's nice and protected inside the gap. Uh, but it it looked great. Braun is just rolling around, can't get up. He keeps trying to stand up and falls over. He's screaming. He's hold- He there was a cut as well, just yeah. randomly on his arm, maybe from that dink of a chair shot from Drew. <laughs> And, like, that smothered his, his elbow in blood as well. Yeah. So it looked really good. And then, like, referees and EMTs ran down to check on him. And he's like, I can't feel my fingers. And I just thought that was a really nice touch. I thought Braun's selling was tremendous here.
2: Yeah, and it uh, it was announced later on in the show by uh, Michael Cole that Braun had been taken to a local medical facility and they had diagnosed that he had a shattered elbow. Mm. So, yeah, it, this does seem to be a way to write Braun off TV. Um Perhaps at least until the go-home show for TLC. We've got four weeks until TLC. Seems really weird to be sitting here talking about four weeks' worth of build for a pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> what a luxury. The last too much time. <laughs> the last two months that we've had have been like, there's another show. Oh, my God, there's another show. It's a week. There's another show. Now we've got, like, actual time to build storylines. And I'm like, I don't think they can do it. I don't yeah, think... it's like <laughs> They've got too much time on their hands.
1: And, and now's the time they're like, well, let's give these really boring stories time to breathe. <laughs> As opposed to, you <laughs>
2: let's, know, let's, Seth Rollins versus Nakamura. Let's not do a slow build of Daniel Bryan turning heel on AJ. No, no, no. Let's give Baron <laughs> Corbin and Braun Strowman the time it really deserves. Uh, so off of that,
1: we got Seth Rollins. There was a recap of uh, the the Rollins-Ambrose stuff from the previous week. Um, because the
2: Nakamura match was just... That, complete, I think that complete, was on the kickoff show. Did it happen? It was completely disregarded here. I know he was. I mean, he did mention it, but he w- essentially said, I've been really distracted by the Dean Ambrose stuff. So that's how rubbish Nakamura is. He can't even beat a distracted Seth Rollins. Mm. And yeah, R- Rollins
1: is talking about how they've got their TLC match coming up. And then Dean appears on the Titan Tron. I was like, well, here we go. This is my favorite feud at the moment. Well, it was until like everyone turned heel, and I don't know what's going to happen. But this would i think this has been one of the best feuds of the last month, um, arguably of the year. And Dean appears on the the Tidantron and he's like, uh, "Yeah, you thought I was just going to come down, didn't you? Come down and fight you because Seth's calling him out." He's like, "I'm not that lunatic anymore." I was like, "This this is really nice stuff. They're they're uh, they're all they're going with this complex, interesting." psychotic in a different way Dean. And then he starts talking about that they were the shield was always rotten to the core yep. and um like that now they're all going to get what they deserve. Karma is going to come to get
2: them essentially is what he was saying.
1: Yeah, and he said Roman has to answer to the man upstairs. Yeah, and he- Seth has to answer to me as in Dean. And I
2: just what a horrid line. He said in so many words. Roman getting leukemia is because of what the shield did yeah and that for me I mean I know we, we've we been kind of sort of towing the line as to whether this feud has been built around Roman getting leukemia but I thought this was a this was too much this was one step too far in doing in terms of exploiting a real life tragedy it, it's the eddie's not down eddie's not up there he's down there in hell it, it's that level of line where you're just like, all right, lads we get it like you can we can move on from this now it's just that this real world thing happened and we can go back into this you know this fake world of professional wrestling. I thought it was one step too far
1: yeah i it sat sat badly with me and I've been thinking about it. I think it's big like not because i i I'm not offended by ab- anything ab- really No, i'm not offended by uh, you, yeah. but but like i am I'm not. I'm not offended by this in that way. It's more like, that's not what Dean's character is. Dean's character, like, for me, Dean has been, had this sort of misdirection of anger. Like, he's got this grief that, or not grief because Roman's not dead, but he's very sad about Roman getting leukemia, and he kind of resents Seth, and it's all come out this way. But when he says, no, no, Ro- Roman's, like, did kind of deserves this, which is what he implied, that that suddenly makes Dean not this interesting, complex character who's just working through emotions. He is just like, just a generic heel who scrapes the bottom of the barrel for insults. And I love scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's what what we do here. Yeah, but this was just like... And what was worse is that it was just... What was it for? Like, the crowd just went... Ooh. Yeah, and then. There was
2: no. It was just a line in the middle of a promo. And then later on, he. Further delved into this generic heel nonsense by just starting to cut promos on the city that we're in. You people, you people, he said those words. Yeah, you people, and this town smells. It's full of smelly people. It's this
1: is a blood. This is a personal
2: blood, the, blood feud between you and Seth. Why are you? Why bringing, are we in it? I don't.
1: Under, I didn't understand that at all. And that's not us going like, oh, we're offended because we smell, and <laughs> you said you people. No, I'm offended because it's a crap story that you're going with here. And it this was-, was all the promise and potential that this excellent idea had. You just scuppered it. Yeah,
2: and it was really weird as well because Seth's talking about this WWE Chronicle show that they've got on the network, which is like talking about Dean Ambrose's real-life injury there. And apparently in that show dean's talking about how he loves wwe and he loves wrestling and he loves the world of professional wrestling and everyone and seth's talking about, like i've never heard uh Dean say the word love i learned more about him from that video than i did from any like from hanging out with him and i'm like okay is that real is that kayfabe is this kayfabe like this is what annoys me with some of these wwe documentaries they do they blur the, they don't even blur the line they essentially say this one is real this one is fake but then the fake one starts referencing the real one and that just makes the fake one look even more fake mm. and that's you just got to you've got to separate the two but they don't they do, they try to pick and cho- pick and choose from each one yeah and that the the puzzle pieces don't match yeah. they can like real
1: life can infuse the stories brilliantly Absolutely but uh, can. this way it doesn't work out uh, i i i didn't actually mind that part but as another example of that mentality, did you hear about Coachman on the pre-show of the kickoff Sherb Survivor series on the panel? I'll be honest with you, I did not watch it. Well, I didn't see this this bit, because I skipped through the talking bits. Yeah. But he he apparently goes, Yeah, because that was like a real punch that Naya through. <laughs> like, come on, man, they're all real punches. They're meant to be. You idiot, coach. You idiot. Hey, great call, coachman. Great call, coachman. Uh, I'm not going to scream into this this mic. No, because you're very
2: loud in my head. Yeah,
1: so this... Uh, and and then, like, this is all bollocks. I hate what they've done with this. And then they go, man, what's what's going on with this, Rene? <laughs> what? Like, you're just raising more questions now. I preferred it when you never referenced Rene and Dean together. I know, right. Because it's like, what... What does what
2: happens? Yeah, well, they go, they go home and chat. And this is like the like the second or third week they've done this now. And Renee has said the same thing every time, which is I don't know. Like next week she may as well say, "Will you stop asking me? I've given you the same answer four weeks in a row." Are they going to turn Renee heel as oh, well? I <laughs> Like uh, someone said on Reddit like they when Dean walks
1: off at the end of the show, he should have just been like, "Come on," and she gets up and leaves with him. I don't know where you would leave. That <laughs> I just thought that <laughs> was a cool say, visual. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we- we'll come on to how oh, crap that gets more, because it spreads throughout the night. This oh, set shit. up a hide-and-seek
2: yeah, didn't it just? throughout the night. Because Rollins is walking backstage, he's asking security if they've seen Ambrose, and one of them's just like, uh... I forgot about this bit. Yeah, he's just like, no, I've not seen him. Get out of my face. So Seth just punches him in it. Who's the big bull security guy? <laughs> See, Ian's that champion, man. Show some respect.
1: Yeah, he's he just... And like that shot So Seth's walking around Backstage There's some guards They mouth off to him I'm like What were they guarding <laughs> <laughs> Like It's just
2: some pipes
1: Behind them <laughs>
2: They're just generic security. They're I just, just like to stand backstage. God, this area.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't want to lose these giant copper pipes behind us and bits of rigging. There's part of the stage that's got to go into those crates back there. Got to make sure them crates are fine. These enormous pieces of metal are very easy to just walk away with. So we're going to be on here. Two of us.
2: Two hey, of us. You know what? Sometimes when there aren't security around, Braun Strowman gets a like a hook, like he's Legend of Zelda, and starts bringing down stages. So maybe they've just put more security backstage since the Royal Rumble, or Becky Lynch or Becky. leading an
1: invasion. Yep. I hate, I hated it. I hated it. And then we were all hopeful. This promo package played in Survivor Series, oh, yeah. a dual brand pay per view, and we were like, "Well, looks like Lars Sullivan, what you presume is going to SmackDown, yeah, because SmackDown could." Do with a big monster guy that hasn't been systematically beaten over a year like Samoa Joe. Nope, they played the Lars Sullivan call-up video package on Raw, which to me implies he's going to Raw.
2: I cannot wait for weeks of squash matches (coughs) until you get to a point where he's got to face real competition, then he'll beat Tyler Breeze, and then you're like, well, I suppose now we've got to put him in a title match. And now we're just gonna have to beat him, I guess, because I don't want him to win yet. Mm. Because that is what happens with every single one of these giant people that they put on TV.
1: Braun, that never happened to. Oh no, he lost to Kalisto in that stupid. But oh, that's not even getting. That's that. what you
2: end up getting to because, like, they <sighs> bloody love these big meaty blokes, but then they just they get to a point and then go like. I don't know what to do now because we've got four other of these big meaty blokes on this show and we don't want to put we don't have this meaty bloke beat the other meaty bloke just yet because we need to protect this meaty bloke over here so you can just beat Finn Balor I guess but we can't keep beating Balor so Balor will have to get a win over him but it has to be a fluky win so neither Balor gets over nor the big <laughs> meaty guy gets over and then we can just do that up until you know SummerSlam next year I think Vince will be
1: excellent at foreplay you know, just foreplay, massaging, because that's what that is, squash matches. Mm-hmm. But when it gets down to it, yeah, I don't like the look of that. Yeah, I'm bored now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, been, it's gone on for too long. Or or it just, you know, maybe pops too early. Then we got Sasha Banks Allegedly. and Bailey taking on Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh, the story here, I guess it kind of spun out the women's elimination match, was because Nia Jax turned on Banks in that and uh, got her eliminated and then won the match for raw she did a triple h pretty much alexa bliss is on commentary uh because
2: i mean i'm worried about her really it's yeah it's been a few months now yeah. um she's not st- i don't think Off she's still- hell in a cell yeah still not clear to wrestle by the looks of things there was a couple of reports that she's had multiple concussions in a short period of time and that can usually lead to forced retirement um It's a good job she's a very good talker because Mm. if this all does go nipples north and she does have to have early retirement which would just be an absolute, that would be a heartbreak an absolute disaster for her she at least will have a role within this company because like Paige she's a good talker and she's a good on-screen personality Um, Same cannot be said for Tamina though, still coming out to crickets despite all the big push that she's getting, still no one cares Like it's, It's incredible how little a reaction she gets
1: I like watching Nia Jax and Tamina next to each other because it looks like someone's trying to draw Nia Jax from
2: memory. <laughs> 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 I just think with Tamina, you'd think by accident she'd have get, she'd have had some heat by no. now. Like you'd have think, you'd have thought because she's with Nia Jax, some of that heat would transfer over. But no, she still comes out to absolute crickets. And they're still doing the, uh, the, the Nia Jax hashtag facebreaker thing. Only this time it actually played into the finish of the match where mm. Nia Jax, she clearly watches the show. Uh, <laughs> or someone in she, WWE
1: watches the show. She just watches my music video of her on repeat. <laughs> well, she did Occasionally 20. there's a, a re- recommended video. Right yeah. at the end.
2: Uh, and she, she, did, uh, she punched Bailey while um, the ref was sort of distracted. Mm. Uh, and then Nia Jax hit the Samoan drops and wins. It was it was a match. Yeah, I enjoyed the I enjoyed
1: Banks and Jax working together. I I think that's probably more Sasha carrying that, but Sasha knows how to work with with Nia Jax very well. I, I think
2: Bailey does as well. That match they had yeah, to take over London. I was. wasn't.
1: Yeah, I know everyone talks about that match. That never really clicked with me as much as it did everyone else. So I, I I do really like Banks and Nia together though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Tamina is just a vacuum <laughs> of charisma. Uh, then we got uh, not wacky Dean, but he is technological Dean. Because Charlie Caruso is doing a link.
2: No, she's, doing, she's getting ready to do an interview. Oh, was, was she about to? She was literally. Actually, she was like, well. No, no, she was like, well, <coughs> well, Raw's amazing because we won at Survivor Series. And my guest at this time, she, and I think she was going to interview Baron Corbin, but then Dean appears up on the TV screen behind her, and Dean says... You just
1: quickly put an HDMI cable in there. Yeah, it back, Skype
2: call. Yeah, so threatening <laughs> when you think of the logistics of this. Uh, he put a call in. Maybe he had Solomon Crow helping him uh, oh. get in touch with him. Um for old Sammy. And then he uh, says that uh, this is where, I'm where the shield used to call home. A stairwell. Yeah. A stairwell, apparently. Something like they lived in a stairwell. Well, maybe, I guess they did their promos. Used, used to do their promos in those sorts of areas. Uh, I'm going to say this now because but I it's might. It's quite a vague, nondescript. Well, Seth knew. Because Seth, yeah, Seth, yeah. Seth knew exactly where to go because he headed straight for it and he found this stairwell and then he turned around and Dean had written burn it down on the door Ooh. and then Seth was like oh, he's playing games with me so I'll say this now because I might forget it later on Um, You're not as au fait with EWR uh, as I may have been. I uh, equate EWR, which for those who don't know, it was a database wrestling management game. You essentially book shows and pay-per-views. You run companies and book matches and hire stars and this, that, and the other. Uh, I equate it to one of the reasons I didn't do that well at university. Um, Aside from the fact that I'm as thick as pig poop. I uh, also spent a lot of my lecturing time playing EWR and writing out storylines for for the wrestlers to do. I spent a lot of many hours on there. But there's a gimmick within EWR that if you feature a star on a show too much, the ratings or the the score you get for those segments go down because it will tell you in the notes the crowd got bored of seeing this person too much on the show. I had that with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose Mm -hmm. on this show. It felt like half the crew were here because these two... Got so much TV time, and all it was was Seth walking to locations, or Dean being in the same location, cutting a promo. And I just, and then they came out for the end. I was like, I'm sick of seeing these two now. Yeah, that uh, there was even it, it was like such a rubbish imitation of a
1: horror movie. There was the all this, you know, the spray paint. There's a bit later where Seth's talking to someone. Maybe it's Charlie. Maybe it was <laughs> Dasher, Who knows? And Dean walks by in the background. Oh, I missed that. In, like, that. the signs. There's the alien walking
2: through the barbecue oh, shot. Did it turn out to be the Jolly Green Giant at the end? Yeah, no, it's... They're afraid uh, of woods yeah. and water. Water. What a it stupid was. ending to that film. Hey! <laughs> War of stu- the Worlds ends because they get they get the flu. That makes sense. Like, that, that's a nice ironic twist ending. These are aliens that invaded a planet that uh, that's two-thirds water, and they're allergic to water. Hey, they should have seen it coming, yeah. Uh, well, that was our, our
1: blessing. Otherwise, we would be enslaved by the Jolly Green by the Giant. Jolly green giant. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, that was that installment of a, uh, a long and quite boring
2: through-thread of the show. But enough of boring stuff. Uh, Why don't we have some terrible, terrible backstage segments? Of all the things <laughs> to, that
1: I would... You know, okay, you're going to get rid of that tag team match on the kickoff show. You're going to get rid of the stakes for Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in the men's elimination match. You're not going to follow up on 90% of Survivor Series on Raw. Why did you choose this one? Why did you choose Drake Maverick pissing himself to carry on to tonight?
2: Yeah, so Drake's backstage and everyone who's not booked for the show are there getting food. And they're all making fun of, of Drake. Um... You try the peas. Yeah, yeah. Just making a lot of of mm-hmm. of wee wee jokes, and then like he walks up to Gable and he asks if like, oh, is something funny to you? And then they all make fun of him again. And Bobby Rude walks up and they all laugh at him. He's like,
1: you're in trouble. And then and Rude and Gable he go spits crazy. out his
2: water and they laugh. And he's like, what's so funny? And Bobby's like, trying to recover from how funny this is. Says, you said you're in, you're as in, pee.
1: Mm. So
2: it's not funny.
1: Uh, I did enjoy Gable and Rude's attempt at insane, over-the-top laughing, but that couldn't that couldn't even remotely save this segment. It was so bad already. <laughs> Following up on on just an uh, just like a unfa- like it fails in all areas. It it damages your tag team champions because this is the guy associated with AOP who should be a serious monster heel act, and then the tag champs, and it's just not funny.
2: No it, it makes me embarrassed To watch the show Yep And again I, ca- I call back to that Builder guy that was in my house yesterday Who said you're a bit old To be watching wrestling Aren't you uh, Yeah when I see things like this Sometimes I feel like I am And
1: they followed that up With some more kind of Just embarrassing reasons to, that, that make you feel Just Just I'm too old for this crap Of Lucha House Party Versus The Revival The Revival An excellent team Lucha House Party Very very good wrestlers All three of them Like Grand Metalik yeah. He's one of the so best high flyers in Lince the world. Lindsay Duran. is, Dorado is as incredible as well. Um but they 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 compete this match in the loose Lucha House rules, which means all three can compete at the same time. So it's a handicap match.
2: Yeah, which it's three seemed, on two. It seemed very unfair <clears throat> on the heels. And they kept saying on commentaries like, well, it's it's free bird rules. And I'm like, you idiots, that's not what free bird rules means. This is just these three lads had a three on two handicap match, which was so unfair on the revival, and then like and then they just win. And Renee Young says at one point and I'm I really don't want to keep turning on Renee. I like Renee. I really like Renee. Not in this
1: role, though. Not like, I, I really like her in an interview capacity.
2: I love, and, and loved her on Talking Smack. She was so good. She is such a naturally charismatic person, and she clearly loves this product so much, and that, that enthusiasm carries through. But when she is being fed lines on commentary, she does come across as bad pants. And in particular, she said that the Lucha House Party celebrates BYOP, bring your own piñata, and I just thought, F off. Really. Garbage commentary. And Corey Graves, the heel commentator, sat there going like, this is ridiculous. Why are they allowed to have all three of them in the ring? And I'm here going like, yeah, I'm agreeing with the heel commentator. This is unfair.
1: Yeah, so just uh, because we didn't explain what Freebird rules actually are, just in case anyone thinks this is what Freebird <laughs> rules is. It's just that uh, it's like what the New Day have, where you're you never know which two people of the three-person act
2: or more will defend the belts yeah and if you're the tag champs, all three of you are the tag team champions but you can defend with two of those three any any combination, any combination.
1: but um the this is this is a three-on-two handicap match yep. uh, so it was Where's unfair the, uh, <laughs> it was over in two minutes and the the whole stuff with the piñata Like Grand Metalik, so there's you've got a one person advantage, and you kind of have to use this pinata as a distraction. Uh, Grand Metalik gets up on a rope with it, and I'm just like, this is like I said it in the review, like I don't care about identity politics. I like I'm quite fine with stereotypes, but like this is just dumb. (laughs) This is it's like the it's like uh it's like Drake
2: Maverick pissing himself. It's just. It's just dumb. It's as bad as the Mexicals coming down on lawnmowers. Yeah. Yeah. I d- it's, it's rubbish. It is it is rubbish. It is very rubbish. We then got more Seth Rollins walking <laughs> backstage looking for Dean Ambrose. That's the one
1: where he walks behind in the background like, "Oh, there he is." Yes. And Titus is Titus goes, "Hey, Seth. You he just walked Walked my right past dear. was going to say Is Taz?
2: Didn't Taz was in the building
1: Okay but now we got What I Unequivocally I thought this was brilliant I thought Ronda Rousey Cut one of the promos breast, of breast promos Breast promos Breast promos <laughs> What an unfortunate time To make that slip up <laughs> All the times I've said Best promo Best promo I mean I, there's probably Something Freudian going on There, there.
2: probably is Let's not dive into that now, though. So we've had a lot of—I mean, I, I certainly have had a lot of people. We had a lot of comments that were left on the video yesterday uh, with words to this effect: "You idiots!" People were cheering Charlotte and booing Rousey because Charlotte was channeling Becky in that match. Well, apparently not, because Ronda Rousey was cheered when she came out here to announce. She came out to a great reaction. Yeah, you, there's probably something in that, but I—I I, I think that's—I don't think that's the story they were telling at all.
1: But, oh, I mean, like, the reason the fans cheered Charlotte. I don't don't think that... There'll be a smattering of that. Like, yeah, Becky. But the majority are
2: cheering just because they're they're excited they've seen something happen. Yeah, they're excited to see a big angle. And that, apparently, is the WWE mentality backstage. So they were very happy with how the Rousey flair angle played out because... It got a reaction, and they just think, well, WWE fans are just going to cheer whenever they see a big angle happen. So it doesn't matter if it's the quote correct reaction, it's, it's a reaction. Well, I mean, that's
1: WWE have been taught that through, unfortunately, through the John Cena years where everyone and half the crowd boo him, but they still make loads of money. So they're just like, okay, so crowd reactions don't really matter. And that's taught us that the crowd reactions don't really matter. Yeah. So although we can blame the crowd, it's really a symptom of 10 years of WWE saying everything we do doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. So just cheer when you see something that looks like news. <laughs> yes. So Ronda uh, Rousey did come out to a great reaction. Here. Yeah, they were really behind her. And she, she said, like, after Nia Jax is beaten, I'm going after Charlotte. I presume that's at Rumble then. Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't
2: know how how they make that work. I'll be honest with you, I mean, I know you said that she cut the breast promo of of the night, And, and I agree, it was the breast promo of the night. I was really irked by the start of this segment Okay, because they showed this video package of Charlotte beating down Ronda Rousey with the kendo stick shots and the chair and all this. And it was like dramatic music and Charlotte was like, this monster and Charlotte's like, and and Rousey's like, "Eh," like she's the, you know, the the one who's been systematically destroyed. Ronda Rousey comes out here To a massive smile on her face Giving out gloves to kids And I just thought to myself oh, Things can't be all that bad I guess mm. You're happy as Larry mate You're fine Yeah, the smi- I hate this <laughs> so much I hate Vince McMahon Telling Ronda Rousey When you smile The whole world smiles with you So you have to smile Every time you walk down to the ring Regardless of the situation You have to smile I hate it Because it makes her seem so Pants yeah. It makes her seem really illegitimate
1: yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I also would have appreciated a bit more selling of the neck from that the the Eyes move that Charlotte did. With she's the, the baddest
2: bitch on the planet. Yeah, well, yeah. had not got but, time to sell. She's got too much smiling to be getting on with.
1: But she did. I I think she when she was in the ring and she turned into mean version, she was really really good. Like this this particular line about how. As champion, you have to be the best in the world, even on your worst day. And today is my worst day because of all the injuries. But I'm still a fighting champion, and I'm still going to challenge anyone out there in the back. Baron Corbin comes down and says, nah, nah, I'm not going to allow that. And Ronda's like, yes, you will. Otherwise, maybe I'll beat up you. She said it a lot better than I'm recounting. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was terrific uh, because she's she's never cancelled a match. And uh, that's why I'm the baddest bitch on the planet. Got a Got a big pop because... Bitch is over. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, the, word. It's
2: the most overword in WWE. Uh
1: but that I mean people have written in review of this segment that if you go back and watch Ronda's UFC career especially near the end, it's not so necessarily true, but I I uh, I thought she did very well in this isolated bit here. I I really yeah. bought into her and I thought she came off as a great babyface. And Mickey James comes out. She's the person who's answering short match, tapped her out with the armbar. Great.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a bit sloppy considering how short it was. Mm. They weren't they they weren't really on the same page. Um, but uh, yeah, Rousey hit three piper's pits, locked in the armbar, and it was yeah, it was a bit of a mess. But it was fine, I guess. At least at least the babyface won. But here's
1: the good bit. So Ronda walks up the ramp afterwards, celebrating. She's you know she's injured, but she still won. But then out come Nia Jackson to Tamina to very little reaction, and Nia Jack stares her down. And sort of does this weird. She looks back, and then comes and then comes back like this. No, she was gonna. She went like to do a fake punch. Oh, I know, I know. It did not look like that. <laughs> it looked like I'm gonna get a microphone. Here's my microphone. <laughs> so this <laughs> and this fake punch thing. Like yeah. you know, I'm holding my fist because I am the face breaker. My fist. Sorry, my voice broke there a little bit. But it just looked like because it, where it was, mm. it looked like she wasn't holding a microphone. <laughs> I, yeah. I get what they were going for, yeah, yeah. but to me it looked it looked very stupid. I don't know how you maybe just like down a bit lower, maybe turned. Yeah, I mean the way it was like that. You'd think of all people, Nia Jacks knows what it's like to throw a real punch, as Coachman called it. Well, it was maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe <laughs> on that, by the way, because a lot of people again went against me on the Saturday ramble when I said I would prefer to say this was an accidental punch. Like, to say it was intentional, I think to follow that argument through means you think Nia Jax intentionally knocked
2: out. Have you not heard the rumours? Like, the conspiracy theories that Vince told Nia to punch Becky Lynch in the face and then the medical staff told her that she couldn't wrestle? It's all a big conspiracy because they don't want Becky Lynch to be as over as she Mm. is. Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, that'd be... I, I, I don't think that's the case, but hey, conspiracy theories,
1: one in a billion turns out to be right. So, yeah, to follow that argument through, it's it's intentional, okay? That means Nia Jax... So, yeah, is Nia Jax bad at wrestling, or is she? did she intentionally try and knock someone out? Out of those two, I'm always going to give the benefit of the doubt. And go- I think more people are stupid in the world than they are evil. So, I that's yeah, my...
2: I think the final... Uh, we should really move on from talking about this, because we seem to bring it up on every episode. The final thing I will say on this is that I think that Becky went in hard with her attacks, which you can see in the replay. Naya turned around and didn't respond in kind, but were just like, okay, so we're laying this in. And she laid it in. It was, in a heat of the moment, Mm. it was a very, very stiff punch. In the same way that in the heat of the moment, Becky's attacks were stiffer than perhaps normal. It was just, it was an unfortunate uh, unfortunate circumstance. But she is now hashtag potato thrower. That's why I dubbed her.
1: You avoided saying accident there. Incident. Accident. <laughs> uh, then we got the announcement that Survivor Series 2019 will be in Chicago. Yeah. CM Punk return confirmed. Well, I'm just worried for Johnny Gargano. Bad things happen to him at takeovers <laughs> in Chicago. He might be a face again by that point. Uh, so that's a uh, great wrestling city. Always love big fives going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, Then we got Paige here for the trailer for fighting with her family. Yeah, you've (coughs) already given our thoughts on that trailer. What do you think? It looks a bit like a. But there's parts that I'm into because I I really like Nick Frost. Uh, I really like Vince Vaughn, actually, especially in serious roles. Yeah. But seeing the NXT branding everywhere just makes it gets my back up. It, it, It looks. This doesn't look to me like a film made. It's a film made with WWE
2: and all the PR baggage that brings with it. Dave Meltzer wrote in The Observer that they paint WWE in a very favourable light. So that should tell you everything you need to know about the film itself. It'll probably make WWE look like the place where dreams come true. Yeah. yeah. I think it looks like a Stephen Merchant movie, therefore unfunny.
1: I like Stephen Merchant. Harsh, harsh. Then we got the payoff to the Drake Maverick pissing jokes from catering earlier on. We got Chad Gable and Bobby
2: Roode versus AOP. So this dominant monster heel act that you really want to get over and now having the crowd chant AOPP at them. So congratulations I- WWE, you've turned your monster heel tag team champions into a joke.
1: We're we're rewatching uh, NXT Takeover Toronto from 2016 as part of WrestleMania Extra this month, which is a patron exclusive podcast. Head over to there and uh, you can you can listen to that and the entire Big back catalog, and that was kind of where AOP first solidified themselves as main eventers. They won the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and the Shark Cage match, mm. and to see all the promise there. And they writ re- like and their that, that, that series of matches with DIY yeah. and the, and the revival. revival, yeah. And now and now this is just and I mean Bob not that, not to even get started on Bobby Roode, yeah, who was also on that show, had a great match with Ty Zillinger a great match with that fantastic entrance with the whole choir singing, singing glorious,
2: glorious, glorious, oh, man. glorious, and how over. Glorious, how over that song was and how massively into that song was. Not to mention how massively into people were doing the 10 chance mm. for, for Tai. And it's a, sh- a real shame as well because when this match, like when it was just the wrestling, I really enjoy watching AOP wrestle. I really do enjoy them and they have such incredible presence and they have these really cool looking moves. But now the crowd are chanting AOPP at them because you think that pissing your pants is funnier than getting them over as a monster heel act. Damaging, this is.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I blame I blame WWE percent really for, for setting that up. Um, oh yeah, it's not the crowd's fault that they chanted <laughs> mm. that. It's absolutely not the crowd.
2: The company have told you not to
1: take yeah. them seriously. I, I think the crowd are blameless in this part, but unfortunately, them chanting that Will only make this happen
2: more. Yeah, it, it will just it will catch on, and then it will just happen more. Uh, and the and the commentators made reference to it as well, so clearly it was something that backstage they very much enjoyed and wanted to become a thing.
1: Uh, it was it was actually a decent tag team stuff for the few minutes that yeah, this match went. Totally. Uh, and I like the finish of Chad doing a a moonsault, but then he rolled up. Like uh, I can't remember which AOP member it was, but they dodged it, and Chad just turned it into a sunset or, like, a roll-up uh, roll pin. So, like, that's a cool finish, and then they, they run out there, but not, not right now. <laughs> not now.
2: Right, set them up as future number one contenders. So, again, I mean, aside from the fact that it wasn't canon, uh, the Revival being the last team on Raw uh, earns nothing out of that, and the team captains, who got themselves eliminated, um, get a title shot out of it, I guess. Because Survivor Series doesn't matter.
1: Then we got Dean Ambrose backstage and this, like... So initially there was, of course, that Roman Reigns bit which left a bad taste in the mouth and and the sort of change of his character from interesting, complex, grief-stricken heel to generic heel. And then it was just overdone the amount of backstage segments of Seth looking for Dean and Dean getting away before Seth got there. But this was the penultimate one of these segments and it really was the one that... Put the final nail in the coffin Where Ambrose is backstage And I mean he's, his performances are always very good But the material he's been given Is crap Yeah, uh, It stinks one might say Because he says there's a smell in here Oh what is that smell Is it Seth's fear mm. Is it LA no And then he says oh no it's you people yeah. <coughs> So he's he's turning it on It's just that I don't know why the fans have to be involved in these feuds. It's like when Becky Lynch says, you made me turn. I, I'm hoping that
2: Charlotte does that promo on Tuesday because that one will at least make sense. Because the crowd, yeah. did, the crowd did turn on her. She will actually have justification for saying those yeah, words. Yeah, I'll be
1: the only one where that doesn't... They don't do it then. Seth leaves the arena with his bag saying, well, I've got a flight to catch. Or does he? Uh, then we got Natalia versus Ruby Riott. The main this event is, of the show technically yeah uh this the third women's match on the show i i think the women's division is so much better than The
2: men's at the moment. 100% agree Uh, with On Raw at least. Oh yeah, it's not not another case on SmackDown. Despite the fact that Becky's like the best thing in WWE. Mm. She has no contenders. It's a
1: shame that all the women aren't on one show. (laughs) Because really it's only Ronda Rousey that I'm into on Raw. And Charlotte and Becky I'm very into on SmackDown. But I'm not into Becky and Charlotte together. So I kind of want them both to feud as a three. But they're split across. Uh, But yeah. So it was nice to see a third women's match. It feels definitely more... Representative
2: of the makeup of the roster.
1: Yeah. But I, I, thought, this was, I thought this was boring.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and I'm guessing this is the end <coughs> of the Natalia Ruby Riot feud because mm. Natalia got her revenge on Ruby Riot. She, she got her baby face vengeance by beating her, despite the fact she was essentially at a three on one disadvantage and there was so much Riot Squad interference, and she just beat the leader of the Riot Squad. Why not have her beat Liv Morgan? Mm. And then have her beat Sarah Logan and work her way through the Riot Squad in order to get to Ruby Riot. But I guess they just don't want to play this up as a storyline. Unless, of course, this is the new WWE method, which the babyface gets the win and that starts the feud. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because when they do a roll-up win
1: over a heel, I think in their minds they want to build to that definitive win. So to me, I think it will be the exact same stuff for at least the next month. I, I I don't care. I do not care. And the main event segment was the the final part of this whole Dean-Seth sex chase. And then Dean comes down to the ring thinking Seth's gone home and he's got like a hanky over his nose for the smell. And just... Yeah, so he calls, it smells like phony L.A. garbage. Which is a good line, but not for him. Uh, yeah, giant steaming pile of L.A. garbage. Uh, says they would all betray their friends for money. I just think... This isn't your character. This is like the genet- this is such a one dimensional version of what you were just a week ago. But then Seth appears on the Titan Tron, sprinting through the arena. And Dean stood in the ring like an idiot
2: for ages. Oh I
1: quite I quite like
2: Dean's performance here because he's The Dean's whole thing the whole thing he's been doing to the show is he's been running away from Seth. The only reason he came out to do the segment is because he thought Seth had left. Mm. So when Seth shows up, he stands up and goes like, okay, I'll fight you now. Well, then why were you running away the whole show? Mind games.
1: And now at the end of... I I I I I, swore at your mind games uh, there. I didn't mind that. You know, he's getting under... Because you can tell the story that at the start of the show, it was Seth calling Dean out... And then Dean was like, no, you've got to chase me. But now Dean is in the room and it's Seth that's coming out to answer Dean. So actually those power dynamics work it's quite like a, well. the worst game of tag ever, yeah. apart from that movie Tag, which is diabolically awful. <laughs> I watched that over the weekend. Uh, but I thought Dean, Dean, the way he saw this, like, ah, you're here. Okay, you're willing to get me. It's
2: <laughs> exactly um, it. Okay,
1: cool, I guess. But, uh, well, I'm going to kick your ass anyway. I, th- I thought it was cool. Uh, Seth brawls with Dean, dot, 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 dives, and they go through the crowd a bit. But once they're back in, low
2: blow. It's the it's the move of the moment in WWE. So protected.
1: <laughs> Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, now Dean. I'm just like, I love like finishes like this. I'm a huge Brass Knux fan from the William Regal days. Like low blows, uh, ref distractions. Like I, I almost wish WWE did that more. Um, but when
2: they do, it's just that they, they only do one of those things Oh, yeah, more. They, have, they have a certain finish that they like to do. They get fixated on that finish. It used to be the um, Titantron distraction. Um, that used to be the finish of a yeah. lot of matches. But, yeah, and then so it kicked him in the nards and and then hit the Dirty Deeds and, and then left. And then he got back in the ring, hit the Dirty Deeds once again while the crowd chanted one more time because the crowd have to react to angles as opposed to the actual content of those angles.
1: Yeah, and because WWE have slowly undermined the emotional realism of this feud, the, the crowd are, are kind of, they take a step back and see this all as predetermined nonsense, so they're just going to have a laugh. It's not the crowd's fault. This is WWE's fault for making completely tosh programming. It's, it's intellectually insulting. I hated this episode, and it sets us up for an awful six weeks. Four weeks. Well, I think through it's not like it's gonna get better after the middle of December. Oh, they're so gonna go into autopilot holiday mode until January. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then they'll and start then the, the rumble, rumble build. build. Yeah, which is yeah, you know, true. which will hopefully be a new chapter. I don't know if that chapter will be good, but at least it will not be this. My worry is that they're just building to Braun versus Brock
2: again. Oh definitely. Oh, God.
1: So I gave it one out of five. A bore. I just I hated this show. I think it's probably the worst episode of the year. What about you, Luke?
2: I, I'd also given it a one out of five as well. It was a. Te- I didn't like hate it to the degree that you did. Like it didn't make me want to. As I've said, I've watched much worse episodes of Raw in, in the past. Um, this, I, it was bad, and it was very very bad. There was nothing redeeming on this show in, in my eyes. No, the run the stuff. But even the Ronda stuff was tainted tainted by her coming out smiling despite the fact that she was brutally beaten the night before, which I absolutely hate so much. So it was a bad show. One out of five. Dreadful. Do better, WWE. um a quick agony art request here obviously this comes from vacant we uh, never read out people's names but it is a timely one given the news that came out with roman reigns and then dean ambrose's promo uh, on today's show, uh, I've written in a few times. As you may or may not remember, my mother passed away last year because of cancer. My problem is every time I see the video recap of Roman Reigns' speech on Raw, or someone mentions it, brings back all the bad memories of the worst part of my life. I'm only 16, so I don't know how to stop this problem. Have you got any advice? Thank you for all you do in keeping me happy in sad times. It's a long-time SWAF Nation member.
1: Oh, that's awful to to lose your mum at that It age. really is, yeah. Um, well, any age, but you know th- those sort of teenage years or being very young. Uh,
2: God, any any advice? Well, I mean, I I've. Uh, I, I've dealt with cancer. It, my my uncle passed away from cancer about five years ago, and it was a very very difficult time because he died very young uh, of it. it. was the youngest of my dad's siblings, and it was a very horrible. It was literally like he got diagnosed three weeks later, he he died. So it was a really difficult time. I really struggled with any references to uh, to cancer or anything like that. In fact, actually, I was with, I was still with my ex girlfriend at the time, and we were watching an episode of Sex and the City. In which someone is at a hospital because another character's like another character has got cancer or something like that. I can't really remember it. And there's a point where someone has to go and make a phone call to tell people that they had passed away, and I, all of a sudden I just thought like God, I had to do that. That that is what I had to do. I had to call my nan and tell her because she you know, she wasn't very well herself at the time, and so it was very like it was really and I, I couldn't watch that episode. And I couldn't bring myself to to think about it. But my way of kind of getting around that was just try and find something that you can almost latch onto and in this case it was the the woman who had become my wife and we just started hanging out a lot more because i just had so much fun hanging out with her and we would sit there and we would spend our saturdays watching dreadful tv in particular britain's got talent and just making fun of the show the entire way through and it just like going out, going to her house every single saturday was what i i looked forward to Uh, And I was very lucky that that she ended up feeling the same way about me and we ended up getting married. So, I mean, I'm not going to say that you're going to meet the love of your life off the back of this, but you need to just find something that you can kind of latch on to and just find enjoyment from something.
1: Yeah, so like friends, hang out with them more, get strength from them. Pathologically, throw yourself into a hobby Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, maybe even turn it into a wrestling storyline. Mm-hmm. That seems to be all the rage right now. Wait. And very,
2: very tasteful. Kicking people in the nuts.
1: No. Oh, just, you, j- using, oh just, using, just, just, using? Yeah, yeah. Cancer. Oh, I
2: see what you're saying. I thought you were just talking about other WWE things. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, we have got this email here from uh, Harrison Berry. Uh, Hi, Luke and Ollie slash El Fakedo Over in a few times, you may remember me as the guy with the wrestling confession about botching a swan Tom bomb on my trampoline as a child. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, or the one who was in the high-speed car chase with Chris Jericho. Anyway, here's the deal. <laughs> that is, That sounds a lot more exciting than what it was. <laughs> Uh, anyway, here's the deal my girlfriend not a wrestling fan is very supportive of my interests including wrestling However, she says she doesn't get it But says she's never actually watched it and doesn't have any large desire to do so I convinced her to watch one pay-per-view with me from start to finish in attempt to quote convert her Don't want to show her anything too New Japan as I'm confident that would be too much to take in and she wouldn't fully understand or Appreciate it the top three I had in mind were WrestleMania X7 SummerSlam O2 and money the bank 2011 I'm not sure how she'll react to more of the zany side of wrestling for example example the vince shane storyline from wrestlemania x7 that's why i'm having a tough time deciding any advice would be very much appreciated oh it's tough it really depends on what sort of
1: person your lady partner is my some people just don't like wrestling and you think i'm gonna be the one that changes that Mm -hmm. and you take them to a progress show because you think you just need to be here in the crowd you need to live off these crazy chants and adult atmosphere and then they walk out and go "Eh, that's all right yeah and then you're like, ah, it's just it's just not your thing, is it? No. And you've got to be grown up about that and just say, well, you know, you you can enjoy your thing. I'm going to enjoy my thing. Uh, but she, she also might, like, I, I personally think it will probably be that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that seems to be, if they haven't latched onto wrestling already, if you're such a big fan, because they would have seen it. They would have seen it in the background. Uh, but in terms of... Those matches, I think, need a lot of context to get over. Like, the Punk and Cena money in the Bank 2011, I think that's a bad shout. I think X7 is a terrible shout. It's too long. Too long, dated... Not dated, like, not dated for us, but dated for fresh eyes, definitely. It is,
2: like, it's the greatest WrestleMania ever, but only if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, uh, so... It's not, it's not a gateway.
1: No, I I would say... Um, but, like, I, I think it's just general. People seem to latch on to... People who who more closely represent them on screen, at least initially, uh, as that first hook. So Bailey Banks from Brooklyn, yeah, the NXT takeover yeah. show, yeah, uh, or you know maybe she's heard of Ronda Rousey, and you can actually the Ronda Rousey tag match from Mania this year is so pro wrestling in 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 the best possible way of the the crazy turns and twists and bits that could be a good one
2: yeah i think that's a really good shout that would be my recommendation is not to show a whole pay-per-view is to pick and choose matches Uh, a really good podcast to recommend on that is how to wrestling Mm. because that is literally Uh, there's a guy the guy who presents the Ashley Deer podcast Kevin Mahan he's introducing his girlfriend to wrestling and so the podcast takes you through a wrestler each episode is how to wrestle so they do like how to John Cena how to Brock Lesnar my wife has listened to the podcast because she really enjoys them doing podcasts it has not made her want to watch wrestling but it has given her a better understanding of sort of the wrestling world and we've had sort of conversations off the back of that um and she has said that she'd be interested in watching a match or two. I think if you were to watch if you were so dead set on watching a whole pay per view, I don't know why, but my recommendation is always Royal Rumble two thousand. Um, I would skip the Miss Royal Rumble contest, um, because that has aged very, very poorly. <laughs> Unless of course you just wanted to show it as like this is what wrestling used to be, look how bad it was. But it like it gives you such a broad spectrum of like what wrestling can be. You've got the violent nature of the street fight between Cactus Jack and Triple H, but you've got sort of the intergender stuff with Jericho and China earlier on in the card, and then of course you've got the Royal Rumble match itself, which has got loads of characters. You don't need to know who each of the characters are, because the characters themselves should be able to get over their traits. And it just kind of shows you the weird and wacky world that wrestling can be. Because at one moment you've got like Cactus Jack and Triple H beating the holy hell out of each other and then just 20 minutes later you've got Rikishi and 2 Cool dancing in the ring there's plenty of stuff to get involved in there
1: I th- yeah I think that would be a bad gateway again I mean as I said I would watch
2: matches for a lady person I would-
1: evolution this year's evolution if- for a whole pay per view but that's only
2: that's uh, assuming that she would only enjoy it because it's women's wrestling I think initially you want to go down that route
1: mm. and then you're like okay so you- now you you've kind of latched on to this, like pragmatically I think this is the best way to approach it and then you go, well now let's try this match let's try Mixed Match Challenge Mm. it's like the next foot along
2: speaking (coughs) of that we actually had a bit of a call out on saturday's episode for some of our uh, podcast sisters to get involved and and give a shout out and someone did get in touch with me i'm so sorry they got in touch with me on twitter to let me know they were a podcast sister Podcast sister. and i didn't reply or i didn't do anything with it it it, it just just sort of fell amongst and i was was doing something else and i really do apologize please do get back in touch because so we can uh say you know give you a big shout out you can't expect luke to go back through his twitter feed there's only so far you can go back oh really yeah what in like mentions yeah how much do you tweet? Well, oh, it's how much people tweet me—that's the—that's the thing, isn't it? It's people getting in touch with I don't me. Like Biggest I know you don't <laughs> like to. That's why you never use it. Um, let's get out of here. But before we do, uh, we've got this from Mark Fitzpatrick, which is a Rusev, Hey Slash Wrestle Talk. Get better, Ooh. and this will lead us quite nicely into our preview for SmackDown. Thank you for the tremendously consistent content you put out every week. I suffer from anxiety and OCD, and find that listening to you guys while working greatly helps me through the day and keeps me going. I'm only a couple of years old. Than you, Luke, and I love all the non wrestling mentions of things that that you like, like Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, and Star Wars. I also have a Rusev hey for you. Recently, on a day out in Brighton, I spotted a man who looked suspiciously like Daniel Bryan and got my wife to run ahead to see if it was (sighs) him. After getting the thumbs up, I approached him to ask for a picture, and although he was in a rush, he kindly stopped for one with me. What was, a heel. I was rather intoxicated, so I looked gormless in the picture. Keep up the good work. And that is from Mark, and there is that very, very small hey. picture oh, of Daniel Bryan with you, my friend. Oh, What a, what a lovely man. What a He's lo- going to be such a great bad guy. Oh, though. it's going to be great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will be back tomorrow for the SmackDown review. How will Survivor Series affect SmackDown? I mean, you've got to assume somehow they lost every match on the show. The pre show doesn't count. Um, how will Daniel Bryan do something with the WWE Championship that he won seven days ago? I suppose we'll find out. Charlotte. Charlotte. yes, yeah, we'll get the Charlotte You Fans Turned Your Back On Me promo. And I'd imagine some heel turns. Heel- <laughs> we'll get some other heel stuff. We'll get some, um, hopefully, or maybe we'll get like a Rey Mysterio Mismatch. We can only hope. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's all from us. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.